Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Hey there, I'm Victoria, your host for the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast, and welcome or welcome back. Today's episode is about Psalm 52. Scholars think that it is reflecting the true story found in 1 Samuel 21 and 22. Do you remember that? It's all about David, a young boy David, who has been anointed as the future king of Israel, and he currently is on the run from King Saul, something he did a lot. Now, King Saul was very, very jealous of David. David would flee for his life, and in this instance, he arrived at the town of Nob, and he sought refuge with a priest there. Ahimelech was his name. Well, David lies to Ahimelech, and I always thought that was so curious that he outright lied, but he was, David claimed to be on a secret mission for King Saul, and he said that he needed food and weapon. Ahimelech gives him consecrated bread and the sword of none other than Goliath. Remember David and Goliath? Well, there's so much more to the story, but you have to go read it in 1 Samuel 21. There was a servant there of Saul and his name was Doeg the Edomite. Now he saw this entire exchange between David and the priest Ahimelech. And what does he do with this news? Because it's kind of like a bad report. It's not really gossip, but it's just telling something that is going to really cause a stir. And we suspect that Doeg told Saul about this for his own, out of his own self-interest. Well, of course, Saul was enraged, but what does he do as a result? He orders that that Ahimelech, the priest, as well as 85 other priests and their families are executed all because they helped David. Wow. Well, this Psalm, Psalm 52, is a whopping nine verses long and contains three reminders for you as a 21st century Christian. As you listen, see if you can find anything that will remind you to one, trust God, two, guard your speech and avoid deceitfulness. Now we can think about, you know, Doeg the Edomite here. And then three, pursue righteousness and justice. Every day that you intentionally trust God, watch your words and pursue righteousness, you will find refuge in his grace, walk in God's light and experience the blessings of his guidance and peace in your life. Yes, I would say I'm raising my hand. That's exactly what I want. I'm going to read actually the description of this psalm. Usually I just skip over that and go right to verse one, but this is what it says. It says, futility of boastful wickedness for the music director, a mascal of David. When Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul and said to him, David has come to the house of Ahimelech. And here we go with verse one. 
Why do you boast in evil, you mighty man? The faithfulness of God endures all day long. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good, lies more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour, you deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch you up and tear you away from your tent and uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear, and they will laugh at him, saying, Behold, the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and was strong in his evil desire. But as for me, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the faithfulness of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever because you have done it, and I will wait on your name for it is good in the presence of your godly ones. And this is the word of the Lord. Now, did you find reminders to trust God, watch your tongue, and pursue righteousness? Let's unpack those three takeaways by means of an analogy. And be sure to stay tuned till the very end as I share a story about a gal named Susan and how in her life she applied these principles that we're going to talk about today. Plus, along the way, I'll offer you half a dozen replacement thoughts that you can use in your thought life to dismantle toxic thinking rooted around these three principles. First, lesson number one or principle number one is to trust God. Now, I'm going to use an analogy for Psalm 52 that illustrates these three lessons. Life is like a puzzle. So I want you to go with me here and think of your life as a complex puzzle with many pieces. When you trust in God's protection and justice, that's like linking together the border pieces. Isn't that the way you start every puzzle, right? You find all the corners and then the edge pieces and you put those together. Well, why do you do that? Because this provides the structure and boundaries that you need so you can begin to fill in the middle correctly. So trust is the puzzle border in your life. Do you know why it might be hard for you to trust? Ever thought about that? Well, a few reasons might include fear, worry, past betrayals and hurts, the dynamics within your family as a child, Perhaps you are hesitant to let go and acknowledge that you're really not in control of your life, things like that. Well, if you're like I am, I'm sure that you can think of a loved one who has betrayed you in some fashion. You trusted, but you got burned. I've struggled a little bit to try to trust God more than humans. Remember that Bible verse from Psalm 118 that says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Well, when humans betray us or hurt us, it is relatively easy to project that same expectation on God, which only weakens our trust in Him. It's like losing a few of those border puzzle pieces. I'm not the best one to talk to about trust, actually, but I can tell you for a fact that the more I've asked God to help me fully surrender to Him and to help me learn to trust Him more, the more inner joy and peace I've managed to experience. When I catch myself worrying about my parents, about my children, my life in general, I stop those thoughts and pull them back to knowing that God really is in control and that I was not built as a human to carry that kind of emotional freight on my shoulders. 
What about you? If the border on your puzzle is trust, are all the pieces in place for you? Are you fully surrendered to God every single day, come what may? Do you easily show trust with your friends and especially those you love most dearly? Well, maybe if you don't, these toxic thoughts may be playing interference for you. Have you ever said, I don't deserve God's protection or justice. I've made too many mistakes in the past. Well, this thought reflects self-doubt as it suggests a lack of confidence in your own worthiness of God's protection and justice. Here is an edge puzzle piece that you can count on. It's a God-honoring replacement thought. You can say this, while I've made mistakes, God's love and grace are greater. I trust in his forgiveness and his promise of protection and justice when I seek his guidance and follow his ways. Do you see how we've shifted there from our own self-doubt to actually shining the light on Christ and saying, hey, I'm going to trust him. Here's another toxic thought. I'm too insignificant for God to care about my problems. He has more important things to handle. That might influence whether you trust him or not. It's a kind of a way to skirt around actually attempting to trust him and keep the focus on him. This particular thought demonstrates a fear of rejection or feeling unworthy, which can prevent you from trusting in God's protection and his justice in your life. The God-honoring replacement would be, God cares about every detail of my life, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem. I can trust him to handle all my concerns, for he is a loving and attentive father. And that's worth underscoring. I can trust God to handle all my concerns because he is a loving and attentive father. And you can add any adjective or characteristic that you want there as you encourage your heart to focus on what is true, a truthful thought, and you cling to that. And then what you focus on grows. And suddenly before you know it, you are in the habit of trusting God. Hopefully, if you're like I am, you can learn to trust God more and more with each passing day. Your faith really will grow. Now, your puzzle is starting to take shape now, and it's time to fill in those middle pieces. A lot of daily grunt work is required for this middle section in this process that is framed first by trusting God in whatever area of your life. And it can be kind of slow going as we fill in the middle. But lesson two is guard your speech and avoid deceitfulness. We can easily see from the psalm how Doeg the Edomite was excited to be the bearer of bad news. Sadly, I've been this way myself, and I think, why is it, Lord, that I am excited to spread this piece of bad news? Is it that by sharing the lowdown on somebody else that somehow I feel elevated and higher? Am I making someone else's predicament seem so bad and unbearable so that I can raise my own good predicaments and blessings a bit higher to make myself somehow feel better? I shudder to think that actually. Guarding your speech and speaking the truth in love, and oh, how I need to do that every single day, is like selecting those exact puzzle pieces that fit together seamlessly, forming an accurate or truthful and coherent image of your life. Now let's keep the analogy of the puzzle going. Those center pieces represent your very heart. And you'll remember that it's your heart that motivates and drives you. Luke 6.45 says, quote, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What is your heart full of these days? What kinds of thoughts as evidenced by the words you choose are you ruminating on nowadays? 
you and I must be so selective with our words, choosing the right words at just the right time. Your words come from your heart or your mind where your thoughts are generated. They start first there. If you find that your words are sharp, biting, gossipy, full of negativity and complaint, well, that would be like trying to squeeze two puzzle pieces together that really just don't fit. And you'll never achieve the beauty of a finished puzzle image. Guarding your tongue and speaking truth represent those individual puzzle pieces coming together. This helps you to remain honest, to have integrity, that fitting, that proper fitting, the way you were designed, and cohesion in your innermost heart. Do you see that a few pieces are missing in the middle of your puzzle? Sometimes situations are so sticky, and those would be those hardest parts of the puzzle to put together. You know, they have the same colors and the blends and the hues where every other piece looks like another. Well, gossip is one of those gray areas, one of those sticky points when it comes to our words and our thoughts. The psalmist criticizes deceitful speech and a wicked tongue. Do you personally strive for integrity and truthfulness in your words and actions? Are you mindful of the impact of your words on others? And do you avoid participating in gossip, slander, or deceitful behavior? Maintaining honesty and speaking with kindness and wisdom can help build trust and strengthen all of your relationships. Proverbs 16, 28 says that a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Ooh, there's a lot of power behind our words, isn't there? Proverbs 18, 8 says the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. See what's happening here? It, you know, we, it's like, we want to hear this. It's like, oh, it's the best part of the brownie that we want to munch on and we want to meander. And it goes all the way down to the inmost parts. Well, the inmost parts would be your heart, your mind. So it's kind of like what you hear stays in there and we want to be very mindful of what we're actually putting in our ears. And then James 4.11 says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Well, we know that at base, gossip is harmful and should be avoided. It can damage your relationships, spread discord, and go against the principles of love and respect for others that the Bible teaches us. Deceit is no different. Psalm 52, 2 says, your tongue plots destruction. It's like a razor, sharpened razor, you who practice deceit. Okay, that's coming. That's like talking to Doeg, the Edomite there. Proverbs 12, 22 says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So let's dig a little bit deeper into our thoughts. And if you're prone to gossiping, here are a few things that you may be thinking, and then I'm going to give you those replacement thoughts. Have you ever thought, if I don't participate in gossip, I might become an outcast in my social circle. It's better just to go along with it. Well, this thought demonstrates a fear of rejection or feeling unworthy. Do you hear those themes being repeated? Rejection, feeling unworthy, which can prevent you from doing what? Trusting in God, in his protection, his justice, his way, his methods, his character. Try this puzzle piece and God-honoring thought instead. I choose to honor God by speaking truthfully and avoiding harmful gossip. My worth is not determined by the approval of others, but by my obedience to God's command to love and speak with kindness. Here's another toxic thought. Being brutally honest all the time might hurt people's feelings. It's easier to withhold the truth or exaggerate a little just to spare their emotions. Well, this thought reflects a form of negative self-talk where you might rationalize dishonesty as a way to avoid hurting others. Ooh, ever do that? God-honoring replacement thought. I can be honest and truthful in a loving and compassionate way. Yes, indeed you can. Why? 
God values honesty and why you trust him to help you navigate those difficult conversations with wisdom and grace. Do you see how this all points back to God? You can be honest and truthful. Why? Because Jesus Christ was. You can be loving and compassionate. Why? Because Jesus Christ was. And because your father values that and you can trust him to help you in all those difficult conversations. And he's going to lead you with his wisdom and grace. Well, I love how in this analogy of life as a puzzle that we have trust as the corner pieces in whatever way you need to trust God. And that's our border. That's our foundation. We are putting God first as our foundation. And we are saying, God, you frame my every move in life. I am trusting you. You are my hiding place. I am tucked away within the borders of your character and word. I trust that. I trust you, Lord. What a great image and declaration. And then inside, we go directly to the matter of the heart and mind. We emphasize how on a daily basis, your thoughts, which become words and generally become deeds, are generated from within your heart or mind. And what is your heart full of these days? In this analogy, how is your puzzle taking shape? Do you see any gaps, any hard to solve areas where you can decide to put away gossip, deceitful speech, and begin connecting puzzle pieces that line up with the mind and behavior of Christ? And I know you want to do this just as much as I do. Well, let's keep going with the third lesson. So first we have trust as the border, watching your words as reflecting the condition of your heart and as the key to linking those inner pieces together, uh, trusting God outside and then your heart and your thoughts and your mind on the inside, which are going to promote integrity and honesty in your speech. And finally, we come to lesson three, which is pursuing righteousness and godliness. And that's like solving the whole puzzle piece by piece. The contrast between the righteous and the wicked in Psalm 52 underscores the importance of living a life of righteousness and godliness. You can apply this by actively seeking to grow in your relationship with God by practicing acts of kindness and love and living in accordance with biblical principles. This involves making choices that align with your faith and striving to be a positive influence in your family, in your community, in your church, in your workplace. Now, a few thoughts that are going to really run interference here would be something like, I'm not as righteous as some other women in my faith community. I'll never measure up to their standards. This thought is rooted in what? You already know it, comparison, where you may feel inadequate compared to others, hindering your pursuit of righteousness and godliness. But the God honoring replacement is I am uniquely created by God and he loves me as I am. I don't need to compare myself to others. Instead, I will strive to grow in righteousness at my own pace with God's guidance. I love these replacement thoughts. I've often thought I need to take all these and put them in one list and just kind of say those every day because they're so just God honoring and pointing to him and there's strength and life found in his truth, isn't there? Here's another toxic thought. Being kind and godly all the time is exhausting. It's okay to take shortcuts and compromise my principles occasionally. Well, this thought relates to a sense of pessimism where you may believe that pursuing righteousness and godliness is unattainable and exhausting as a goal. But God says this about it. While it may be challenging at times, pursuing kindness and godliness is worth the effort. You can say, I can lean on God's strength and seek his guidance to live a life that reflects his love and grace consistently. Yes, all about him helping us, right? So there we have it. We have trusting God's protection and justice, guarding speech and avoiding deceit, and pursuing righteousness and godliness. That's kind of like, in general, our entire puzzle. And now I want to tell you a story that brings all of this together. 
So Susan lived in a small, tight-knit community. She was a devout Christian who faced numerous trials and tribulations in her life. She was a school teacher who loved her job, but she found herself facing unjust scrutiny from her colleagues. False rumors were circulating, threatening to tarnish her reputation and career. Have you ever been there? While well, the brunt of gossip and negative speech, have you been there? In this sticky and uncomfortable situation, Susan made a marked attempt to trust in God's unfailing love for her. Okay, she was working on those border pieces, right? She wanted to keep her eyes off herself and on the Lord. She reminded herself daily that God's love and protection were her ultimate shield against all the harshness that she experienced at her workplace. She leaned on her faith and kept her head high confident that God would bring about justice in his good timing. We might say that the borders of Susan's puzzle were in place as she stood strong in her trust for God. Well, one day Susan overheard her co-workers engaged in malicious gossip about a fellow teacher. At first, she wanted to chime in because she kind of agreed with some of what they were saying. She had more information to share that would support those suppositions and claims, but she knew that if she did partake, she would also kind of be seen as in the know. She would feel like she was a part of this, quote, popular group of coworkers, and she knew that it would keep talk away from her. Look at all those motivations on why she might jump in there and begin gossiping and just festering and focused on the shortcomings of someone else or the, you know, giving that bad report, just like Doeg, right? Doeg the Edomite who came and gave the bad report. It was somehow tantalizing for him to do that. He had reasons, self-serving reasons to do that. Really ended up making her feel so much better about herself, right? Because they had been, you know, she had been dealing with them and they'd been kind of accusing her. And so she's like, okay, yeah, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about this other coworker, right? She also thought, you know, I'm never going to do, do those things that this other gal was being gossiped about. So she kind of elevated herself in that moment and she was so tempted just to chime in. But thankfully, and by the grace of God, she remembered how it felt to be the object of gossip and slander. She remembered then just how wicked her own heart could be. So she literally bit her tongue and decided to break the cycle of gossip by speaking up with kindness and wisdom, offering a few scenarios why this targeted colleague may have behaved as she did. She gave the colleague the benefit of the doubt. She encouraged her co-workers to address their concerns openly and respectfully, fostering a culture of honesty and support in the school instead of gossip and backbiting. Wow. Now, isn't that godly behavior? Can't you see how the inside of her heart and those that formation of that puzzle, the picture that she's presenting, how those pieces are really, really coming together with integrity and security that way? Well, by doing these very things, Susan was pursuing righteousness and godliness. And by the way, that's you know that segment of the show today, lesson number three, was very, very short in comparison to the other ones because that is like where the rubber meets the road. Those are the things that you're doing day in and day out. Because if you keep plugging away, if you keep, you know, you're trusting God, you're working on your, your speech, you're working on your thoughts, you're working on your heart, you're asking God to refine you from within and, and make you and transform you more into God's image, then that, that's kind of what you're doing. You're, by definition, you're pursuing righteousness and godliness. That's the cry of your heart, really. Um, I didn't spend a lot of time on that because it's, it demonstrates in so many different ways in your life. And you do one and two of these lessons, and then by default, you're actually doing three. And then you get to paint this beautiful picture, see this beautiful image of what's coming together. 
she was pursuing righteousness and godliness in these aspects. And over time, her unwavering trust in God's protection and justice, those border puzzle pieces, and her commitment to guarding her speech against deceit and gossip, those middle pieces, and her dedication to pursue righteousness and godliness, the puzzle as a whole, the pursuit of all of that, made her a respected figure in her community. She not only overcame the challenges she faced, but also became a source of inspiration to others. Her life beautifully reflected the lessons from Psalm 52, showing that faith and godly principles could make a profound impact in the modern world. Well, is this the way you want your life to be? Please remember that if you desire change in any area of your life, you can put into play what I call the seven R's for living your best thought life. It's a method that I teach. And by the way, I put a link in the show notes to the seven R's just in case you want to snag this free resource. And remember, your thoughts reside in your heart and literally take up space in your brain. You can change, especially if you feel convicted from not trusting God as you would like, from poor speaking, gossiping, or putting others down, or always looking on the negative side of things, or from missing opportunities to pursue righteousness in your attitudes and in your daily life. With God's help, you can begin today to construct a new puzzle. Suffice it to say that Doeg the Edomite serves as our role model for who we don't want to be. He stirred up trouble, was the bearer of bad news, and made decisions in life that were self-serving, not God-honoring. What would his puzzle have looked like? But don't forget that David also told a lie, and he certainly made choices that were God-dishonoring. Yet somehow, God, in his unfathomable grace and mercy, loved David, and he loves you. And the ultimate crafted puzzle of David's life was complete. I think we, we would say of David that he trusted God. He set his heart before God, declaring in 130, Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any offensive way within me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That kind of summarizes everything, doesn't it? And David gave his best shot at pursuing righteousness. His puzzle has dark areas, probably much like yours and mine, those times where we were led astray, where we ran far from God, where we threw up our hands to him in anger or dismissal, where we we made really poor and ungodly decisions, yet through the wonderful and atoning work of Jesus Christ, we were made new, whole, as a bright and shining example of the raw goodness of God. He is the one who completes your puzzle. He purifies your heart on a daily basis if you'll let him. He models how you should treat others. His spirit guides you. Let you and I today make a concerted effort to trust God. Let's mark our thoughts and our words and elevate them to Christ first before speaking them. And like Susan in her story, let's pursue righteousness and justice, not just for ourselves, but also for others. You and I can stay true to our faith and values, brain changer, while relying on God and with his help, one thought at a time. If you've ever felt encouraged or inspired by this message today, will you share it even with one friend? Tell them why you like the message and how it has impacted your life and created a desire for change. And remember, if you're interested in my free group mentoring called Elevate, we are starting a new cohort on October the 4th. Click the link in the show notes for more info and to apply, but hurry because we only have a few spots left. I love you. God bless you and have a great day. Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao. 
And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you. Thank you.